But there is something so potent about the process of grieving a person in your life that is still here, a living, breathing person that is still around, that they're not in your life because they are choosing to exit it. They are choosing to no longer love you at the end of the day. That grief, that heartbreak is so unparalleled and is something we never talk about. Welcome to the Live Your Fuck Yes Life podcast, your place for all things real talk and conscious conversations about shit that really fucking matters. I'm Amanda Catherine Loy, mindset coach, actor, and truth teller extraordinaire. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a thought to help you face your fears, speak your truth, and get you one step closer to living your fuck yes life. Are you ready? Here we go. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to episode 126 of the Live Your Fuck Yes Life podcast. I'm Amanda Catherine Loy, and today it's just you and me. So pull up a cup of coffee or tea or wine or tequila, wherever you are, um, because we're getting into the nitty gritty of some kind of personal, and by kind of, I mean pretty personal, um, heartbreak and relationship dynamics that I have been experiencing as of late. And, you know, I originally had a different plan for today's episode, this week's episode. But after my um, episode went live last week um, with uh, the incredible Gabrielle Stone, which if you haven't listened to that episode, highly, highly recommend you go back. Um, And we talked about so much about heartbreak and um, grief and relationship dynamics, it really got me thinking about my own experiences last year and how much uh, my experiences with heartbreak have taught me so much about myself. And something I think we don't talk about enough is how relationship dynamics shifting can really deeply impact us in ways we don't really even fully grasp until, you know, we can look back six months, a year later and, you know, see all of the the different stones along the, the you know, the pebble stones or the stepping stones along the path to get us to, you know, the, the end of the river of where we are now. And I personally have gone through one of the hardest years of my life when it comes to relationships. And maybe you can relate. I think, the pandemic has really created a, a whole different uh, foundation for how relationships go and what we are able to give from a mental health standpoint, from a capacity standpoint. And um, we talked so much in this last episode about heartbreak from a romantic standpoint, you know, endings of long term relationships like her you know, uh, ending and getting a divorce with her her ex-husband and the affair that took place and how she navigated the heartbreak of that and then followed up by this like whirlwind lover of hers and the heartbreak of that not working. And those stories are so impactful and incredible. And what it made me realize though was that, you know, I think so often we see heartbreak and grief in terms of loss of relationship or, or adjustment of relationship primarily and ex- almost exclusively in the context of intimate partners. Um, and, you know, 
a lot of what I talk about on here, um, especially lately, has been around my journey with ethical non-monogamy and polyamory. And you would think that the last year, so much of my personal story with heartbreak and grief would have been primarily focused on, you know, the romantic, intimate nature of that. And the reality is, is that's not the reality. And today I'm going to take you through my journey with heartbreak um, since the pandemic started and how that has gone for me. (laughs) Because let me tell you, it's been a fucking ride. So in the last year and a bit, you know, since the pandemic began, I have had what I would qualify as three of the most major, if not the most major heartbreaks of my life. Three. Um, One of which was in a romantic capacity. Um, The other two which I would argue were significantly more heartbreaking and fueled with lots of layers of betrayal and pain and lack of closure um, were revolved around very significant friendships in my life. Um, And why I want to talk about this more openly today with all of you on the podcast is because I've been having a lot of conversations offline in my DMs with a lot of you talking about some things that I've shared around platonic love and around grief when those friendships evolve. And I want to share some of my stories and I want to also share some of the things that I've learned and hopefully that you can take away and apply to your own life. Because the reality is, is that sometimes our biggest heartbreaks when it comes to loss of relationships or relationship shifts don't happen with Uh, our partners or our intimate lovers. They happen with our friends. And for whatever reason, that is just not seen as as significant. And as you all know, the way that I practice polyamory and have always viewed relationships is that there is no hierarchy when it comes to intimate partners versus platonic friends. Um, You know, some of my closest people who will always, always be, you know, uh, my, my, my humans for life are platonic people in my life. And yes, I am polyamorous, but I believe that all relationships are um, significant and that, you know, a platonic partner can be even more significant to you in terms of time, energy, and priority than a romantic partner. And there are many people that, me talking about this, it's been very liberating for them to hear. And I get a lot of DMs being like, you know, I thought I was really weird, but like I actually cohabitate with with a platonic partner. And it's been so amazing for us. We actually ended up getting married, even though we're not intimate. And it's really incredible. Or the most important relationship in my life is somebody who I view as platonic. And, you know, I tell her more than I tell my husband, all these things. And I want to fucking normalize that for a, for a change and also talk about the heartbreak when those relationships don't go as hoped. You know, I turned 30 earlier this year and the last time that I had a major heartbreak, frankly, one that like rocked my world was, you know, in college, my, my senior year of college. Uh, I lost a a very close friend of mine that I thought was going to be in my life forever. And we had a really big falling out and it broke my heart. And it still does break my heart thinking about that to this day. Um, You know, and I wish her nothing but the best. And 
since then, you know, it's been essentially 10 years since then. And yeah, have I had friends come and go or, you know, certain friendships that had been really significant in a priority and energy standpoint kind of diminish? And, you know, of course, and those are always challenging to navigate. Sometimes it can be tough to to swallow when somebody who you know was the person you called every single day um to talk about things maybe you know you go in different paths and they're still an important person in your life but they don't uh carry the weight of significance that they they once did in your life but we also all can acknowledge that growth and evolution happens and that you know uh, friendships ebb and flow in terms of that thing but to have a friendship catastroph or a relationship, frankly, catastroph catastrophically. That a word? I think it is. But to have that catastrophically end, um, isn't something really that I've navigated in in a significant way until this year. Um, this year, I like I said, had my heart broken, <sighs> broken three times, and I will probably get a little emotional when I talk about this today because. You know, I'm still navigating the heartbreak of that. I've sifted through a lot of it, and I'm speaking to you on the other side of uh, accepting the heartbreak, accepting the shift, but it still really hurts and is hard. And um, all three of them have a lot of patterns. Um, You know, I did not, I was not the one making the decision to exit the relationship on all three instances. Um, On. On two of the instances, the the two that were the platonic friends of mine, um, they were fueled with a lot of betrayal and a, a lot of um, manipulation tactics, a lot of gaslighting that um, really impacted not only just the end of the relationship and the loss, but also grieving what I viewed the relationship to be versus how they at the end of our relationship presented their perspective of the relationship while they were in duress. And it was really, really heartbreaking. Um, The first one happened right at the beginning of the pandemic. um, And it was... um, The short of it is that I became really great friends with this human... um, and I actually kind of alluded to this story on my TikTok um, last week, if you're listening to this in real time, um, where I became really great friends with somebody who was also married, um, but they were in a monogamous marriage, unlike myself. Um, and, you know, he and I became really fast friends, um, related on so many things. I was, uh, I personally don't, I don't know about you, but I find it rare to meet somebody that you not only like immediately connect with but you also immediately feel seen by um it's something that I don't take for granted and when it happens it's something that I really really cherish and that was what it was like with this person we just clicked um you know at the time we were spending a lot of time together pre-pandemic life um because of what we were doing um from a work standpoint and um we just really clicked. And, um, you know, from my perspective, I thought I was developing a really amazing friendship with this person. And at the time when we, you know, were first friends, you know, I wasn't, I hadn't been, well, I I guess that's not true. I had come out publicly, um, as Polly on the podcast. Um, but 
you know, a lot of people in my quote unquote real life world don't necessarily know about my podcast or listen to my podcast and um, aren't, you know, uh, on my TikTok channel, that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, he did not know at the time that I was polyamorous and um, one time um, I was going on a date with somebody and um, I didn't have my car and we were, you know, both at our place of work and afterwards um, the date, the location of the date was on his way home and so I just asked if he could drop me off. It was five minutes in the car and he did and I went on this date and, you know, the next time we hung out, I was like, I feel like I need to tell you something. Like we're getting close enough now that I really want to make sure that I'm being honest with you and I don't – it felt kind of weird that like you were dropping me off and you didn't actually know where I was going last night but – you know, I was actually going on a date and, you know, he had already met my husband a bunch of times. And um, so I was like, it wasn't with, you know, Kev and I actually am Polly. And, you know, he asked some questions and, you know, uh, like a couple minutes later was like, well, fuck. And um, I was like, what do you mean? Well, fuck. And he was like, well, this makes things really complicated for me. And I was like, I- I'm not sure I-, I comprehend what you mean. Anyways, and and the long, the short of this, the long is that he proceeded to let me know that um, he had feelings for me, pretty strong ones, and um, you know that he felt like me sharing that I was Polly kind of gave him permission to tell me that he had these feelings. And you know, at the time, I was really uh, surprised, taken aback, because it's not at all how I had perceived our relationship to be, or how I perceived him to feel. Um, And I also was, you know, on one hand, I was uh, understanding because I personally believe that, you know, attraction to other people is really normal. And, you know, whether we are monogamous or not, you know, we are all going to be attracted to other people. The, the, the difference is whether we choose to act on it or not, right? From my standpoint, um, and a lot of people have different perspectives on what being monogamous is, on what cheating is, all of that stuff. Um, but to me, you know, I was like, okay, you're just for whatever reason feeling like it's acceptable to, to tell me that this is what's happening. But like, obviously, this is we're friends, and that's all this is ever going to be. Um, which we both agreed on, but it was also, you know, put me in a really strange predicament where um, now I knew this information and, um, you know, felt uncomfortable about that, um, didn't really know how to interact in our dynamic, given his agreements um, in his life, and, um, you know, uh, of course that it ended very poorly, and he, um, you know, as soon as he informed his his spouse that you know he had these feelings and obviously that nothing was going to ever happen but he just wanted to be honest with her um you know that put a kibosh on our friendship and it was really devastating for me it was the first time that anything like that has ever happened um and it was really tough to be put in a situation where you know I built this really incredible friendship with somebody um, and felt really seen by a person for the first time in a really long time, frankly. Um, And as soon as, you know, the situation was revealed, I guess, um, because somebody couldn't um, keep their stuff to themselves or whatever, I don't know. Um, 
it put a kibosh on our friendship. And, you know, ultimately, uh, you know, I supported that choice. It was really a betrayal in the end because of the way in which, you know, he went about ending it and the harsh words that were used with me um, attached to it. And it, it was really hurtful. Um, and that's really what started my pandemic journey. So, you know, not only was I grieving the changes that the world was going about and how everything was adjusting and also grieving the loss of my entire career as an actor for the time being, um, but I was also navigating this heartbreak of losing, you know, the first really solid and, and, and valuable friend that I had made in years, a true friend, you know? Um, so that was a, that was a lot. And, um, and it ended with very little closure and with a, a complete kibosh on all communications. Um, you know, so, uh, yeah, it's just it, that was really challenging. And I, a lot of you that responded to my TikTok were like, the fuck? Um, and apparently also a lot of people had um, had similar things happen to them. And so for for all of you who might uh, identify with that, I'm really sorry. And for those of you who are in monogamous and have agreements, if somebody in your life tells you that they're poly, it does not give you the permission to then tell you that you're in love with them. Period. <laughs> like, just period. Let me just put that into the ether because fuck that noise. It is really, really, really heartbreaking to navigate. Um, you know, so that was the first major heartbreak. And then fast forward a few months, um, and I fostered a relationship. Um, and this time it was definitely romantic and, you know, I fell head over heels for this girl, um, with this incredible woman, um, who, you know, we connected technically over Instagram, but she and I were in each other's like friend circles um, and had an amazing whirlwind virtual romance for, you know, two months um, at, you know, the height of this time last year, really. Um, and it was life changing for me on a lot of fronts. For one, she was the first woman that I'd ever really fully fallen in love with, like, for sure, um, hands down. Um, we have, we had and have such a, a, a very beautiful and strong and unique connection, and I will ever forever be grateful for that experience. And what was challenging within that dynamic was that she did and does identify as monogamous and had always pictured her life um, in a certain way, certainly in a monogamous framework, but but beyond that, you know, um, living with somebody long-term, consistently, daily, and um, she also happens to not live in the area that I live in. She lives pretty far away. So um, there were a lot of things that were in our way, and we tried really hard to make that work. And at the end of the day, you know, she knew that this wouldn't be right for her long-term, and we um, very lovingly chose to close the romantic component of our relationship, which, you know, broke my heart because it wasn't obviously what I wanted. Um, but I also fully understood and, um, you know, grieving that was, was really tough, but it was probably the, the most simple grief process of the three because, it was done in such a loving way. There was no betrayal. There was no 
malice. It was all coming from a place of love. You know, the, the term con- conscious uncoupling is something that's been tossed around for, you know, five years now or something. And I've never really understood it before because I've never been through an experience where that has been able to happen. Um, I've always wanted it to happen, but uh, uh, my partners have not allowed for that to exist. Um, it's always been pretty... Um, I feel like the the few the few relationships I've had that have ended over the course of my poly journey have been pretty um, toxic in the in the way that they've ended. But this was a, just a beautiful way to close a dynamic and and consciously come together and decide that it's not the right thing for us, um, both as individuals and, and as a unit. Um, so that was the second one. And then um, fast forward to the end of my 2020 when you know I had a friendship that has been in my life for, you know, a significant amount of time. Um, very, very, um, intensely blow up for reasons that I still don't know, still don't understand. And, um, was left with nothing, frankly, from that. It was, I, I attempted to repair it and, repair something I didn't even know why it was broken and um, was not met at all in that process and um, you know this is a person that I talk to every day that I relied on a lot in my life for you know support and and you know they relied on me as well and uh, I guess they no longer wanted to have me in their life and you know the lack of closure there the the betrayal the just complete ghosting, frankly, um, is so heartbreaking, is so heartbreaking. And that all happened over the course of less than a year, you know, all three of those experiences. And, you know, again, two of them were from a platonic standpoint and it rocks you, you know, like in the episode, in last week's episode, we talk about this a lot and it's really, really resonated with me and sit and sat with me a lot. But there is something so potent about the process of grieving a person in your life that is still here, a living, breathing person that is still around, that they're not in your life because they are choosing to exit it. They are choosing to no longer love you at the end of the day. That grief, that heartbreak is so unparalleled and is something we never talk about. And that, (laughs) that really, really, really at the end of the day is why I wanted to come on here and talk to all of you because We just don't know how to work through this stuff. You know, we're not taught how to work through this stuff. Um, And also how to not see anything but this massive um, wall of grief and sadness and anger a lot of the time. And for me, you know, that's what it was. Like the cycles of grief are real. You know, it's like uh, confusion, anger, sadness, and some layer of resolve, you know. And I think what has allowed me to move through them with so much intention and to feel 
sad still, but at peace with all of these instances is, you know, for one, a lot of the embodiment practices that I teach um, and navigating that. Um, Two, having a support system to talk through all of this with and, of course, going to therapy, which, you know, is a weekly occurrence in my world. Um, you know, uh, navigating my embodiment techniques and actually physically moving through the process of grief instead of just holding it in your, your body and your cells. Um, and actually, I think the most important thing has been attempting to find the good. You know, this is always something that is, it just comes natural to me. It is how I think I was built on this earth is to try, you know, always find the the silver lining, the good, the lesson. And what this past year has taught me and what these relationships have taught me is that relationships are our biggest teachers. And I've said this a lot. It was actually the the person that I I fell madly in love with that I talked about earlier she said this to me um, at the beginning of our relationship and it has stuck in a way that very few things in my life do I say it all the time to myself and I feel it all the time because it's true relationships are our biggest teachers when we are and choose to be in relationship with other people and really really choose to form bonds with other humans get to know them be vulnerable with other people um you know build attachments at times you know with other people we yeah of course learn about them but at the end of the day it teaches us so much more about ourselves and that's true for relationships that are in our lives and it's also true for those that exit them and not only do each individual relationship teach you something, right? So that person taught taught you that taught you this. Like for example, these these three relationships. If I think about the things that they taught me, some of them in, include how to really shine my light as bright as humanly possible, um, to be kind to myself and um, embody empathy for myself and for others. Um, how to speak my needs and and ask for them um, <laughs> taught me that it is possible to fall in love with another woman taught me um you know that sometimes even though I have done so much work on my self worth that sometimes I still don't see myself as the bright shining light that I have been echoed to be and Um, that I need to give myself more credit. Uh, I mean, the list goes on and on, right? So they've all taught taught me so much individually just by knowing them. Um, But also the heartbreaks, the betrayals, the circumstances have taught me so much. They've taught me about the patterns in my life, about the patterns I invite into my life and not just invite, but many times create. They've taught me about the ways that I fall short in my self-worth and the red flags that I might see but choose to not uh, acknowledge because I would rather just be so focused on the good. Um, 
they've taught me to be more discerning when it comes to forming new relationships and be less um, laissez-faire about the red flags. They've taught me to acknowledge when it is time to exit something uh, because it's the right thing for me even if I know it will hurt the other person. You know, I mean, they've taught me so much, those endings, those heartbreaks, that grief. And yeah, we always say grief teaches us that we're strong, that we can get through anything. But what if we looked a little deeper at the lessons, right? What if we really, really unearthed what these individual endings or relationships have taught us? How we can not make the same mistakes moving forward, not continuously open ourselves to the same patterns because the reality is is that if you notice and you will if you really consciously look at yourself and the relationships in your life and how those have kind of come to pass or the the endings you know you're gonna find patterns that emerge you're gonna see time after time you know for whatever reason I put all like this is a pattern of mine for example when I love somebody I give my whole heart to them I pour so much of my time and energy and I give 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 because I want them to feel so much love I want them to feel the love that I feel inside of my heart for them I want them to be so immersed in that experience and I tend to attract people who don't give nearly as close to the same way like not even pennies you know um And that pattern is important, right? Having that awareness of that pattern then allows me to build some clarity around why I might be attracting this into my life. And then it allows me, that clarity then allows me to build action tools where I can adjust that pattern moving forward so that I can cultivate relationships with people who are capable of giving me what I actually want and need in a partnership of any kind instead of, you know, the things that I don't actually deserve in the long term. And that's just one example of the patterns that I've discerned for myself because of these heartbreaks, because of this pain that I've navigated uh, in the last year. So I, I urge you and I encourage you to really take a look at, at – What are those for yourself? You know, take some time to journal and really think about who are the people in my life that have been really important that that maybe have ended the relationships that have ended that have really hurt my feelings. You know, what are the patterns that are I show up within my current relationships? There's so much to be learned about yourself from the way in which you interact with your relationships, and I want to leave you with a thought that I've had running through my brain for over a decade now because of my amazing husband who helped me really see early on that relationships are not always what you think they will be. I, as a, you know, recovering control freak, um, you know, I've really struggled in the past and frankly still do struggle when relationships change, when the dynamics that are 
you know, in a relationship that I love, that means so much to me when it evolves into something different. Um, even if maybe that different thing is needed, you know, that change can be really challenging for me. And whether that change is, you know, you just don't talk as often or maybe they're fully out of your life, at least for now and maybe forever. You know, he said something to me early on in our relationship that really changed my perspective on people. And it's that people come in and out of your life when they're meant to. And it's cyclical. And sometimes, you know, the the lifespan of a connection was meant to be only a few months and it's so meaningful and it taught you so much and that was all it needed to be in this lifetime and sometimes you know you meet people who enter your life like a blazing fire and stay and that fire burns until you die those are rare those don't come around very often um and when you find them you know grab onto them the reality is is that more than anything most relationships will come in to your life and maybe leave your life and maybe they'll come back around when they're meant to and and maybe they won't um but the beauty of people is that you know we're ever evolving ever changing and if we choose to move with the tides if we go back to my river analogy at the beginning if we choose to move with the tides instead of fight the rapids we're going to feel so much more peace than um than heartbreak And I don't know about you, but I would so much rather choose peace (laughs) at the end of the day um, than a constant life of heartbreak. So that's what I encourage you to do. Ride the waves and try not to swim so far upstream on those rapids. (laughs) All right, that's all for this week. Um, I didn't really talk about anything in the show notes that you'll need to check out, but I do recommend... If you are um, in the E&M or polyamory space, there are two different things that I am offering right now. One of those is one-on-one peer support sessions for 30 minutes or an hour. We can connect. I've met so many of you and a lot of you are starting to do repeat sessions and I love it. It's just so nice to, you know, I think it's so nice for so many of you have reflected. It's so nice to talk to somebody who is polyamorous themselves and understands, you know, and can be there to just listen and support, provide feedback, share experiences, whatever it is that you need. It's just so nice to be heard and have have space held for in that space. So you can check that out um, on any of my socials in the link in my bio, or you can go to the show notes. And I'm also on May 13th, I'm going to be doing a community-led Zoom um, Q&A session on all things polyamory. Um, You can snag your ticket on Eventbrite for that. Um, It's going to be super fun and a great way to just, you know, be surrounded by a community of other folks who are just like you. Um, And, you know, it's a less... um, you know, one-on-one space if that's not really your vibe and you're just really looking for a community and just hear other people's feedback perspectives, somebody's question will probably spark something inside of you and you'll feel seen, heard, and also maybe get your own question answered or a question answered that you hadn't thought of. So again, that is on all my socials or you can check out the link in my bio um, and in the show notes. And yeah, until next week, I'll see you on the flip side. Bye-bye.